Good morning. How are we doing? Guys awake and ready to go? All right. My name is Mike. This is Bobby Blue. Say hi to Bobby. Bobby's going to be hanging out with us for the message today. Probably won't say a lot, but there will be a point in the message that he, he helps me out. Uh, but we're kicking off a new series today called Surviving to Thriving. Truth be told, there are times in our lives when we feel like we're surviving more than we are thriving. Maybe you're tempted, uh, like I am at times, to think that my thriving is connected to good circumstances, good things happening in my life. And so when things aren't going well, uh, when, when there's struggles, when there's, there's, there's circumstances, uh, you know, sometimes within my control, sometimes without, out of my control going on in my life that I, I can't be thriving, that I, I kind of switch back to surviving. But what if I told you that God intends for you to thrive irregardless of your circumstances, irregardless of this pandemic that we're in, right? God desires that. He wants that for you, irregardless of whatever's going on in your life right now. And maybe it's just really hard. Maybe you're in a season of hard right now. Maybe relationally, your marriage, maybe with, with your kids, and uh, maybe with your job. You just find yourself at a really rough place in life wishing that things would get better so that you can begin to thrive. I want to encourage you today that God intends for you to thrive through His Spirit, uh, even in the harshest circumstances of life. That's where we're going throughout this series. And so today, I'm going to unpack, kind of set the foundation for this series uh, looking at what it looks like to keep in step with the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, and we're going to dig into the fruit of the Spirit as well. We'll unpack a little bit today the first fruit of the Spirit, which is, is love. We'll get into that as well. So that's the setup. You guys ready? All right, so turn to Galatians chapter 5. Welcome all of you online as well. If you're tuning in um, online, maybe you're traveling, maybe you're in a different part of the world and you're tuning in, maybe somebody shared this on Facebook, uh, whatever brings you online today, we'd like to say a very special welcome to you as well. We're going to be in two places of God's Word today. The first place is Galatians chapter 5, so turn there right now. And then, um, in a little bit, we're going we're gonna to go over to 1 John chapter 4. If you're one of those people that like to know the plan before the plan happens, there you go. Okay, so that's, that's where we're headed. Galatians chapter 5, turn to verse 13, and we're going to stand when you find that. We're going to stand and read out loud together uh, verses 13 through 18 of Galatians chapter 5. Again, Galatians chapter 5, we're going to begin starting at verse 13. We're going to read all the way to verse uh, 18. So let's read this out loud together. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You may have a seat. So Paul says we have freedom in Christ. Because of what Christ has done for us, we have freedom in Christ, but he points to two very different desires that live in each of us. Even as followers of Christ, you sitting here today, you made a decision to trust Christ. Jesus is the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. You you have two desires that are at war within you. I have two desires at war within me. The first desire is desires of the flesh right? All of us have these fleshly desires at work in us. It's, it's not of God. Um, it's, it's, it's born um, out of sin, right? And our desire to feed the sin in our lives and the selfishness in our lives. And, and that's a conflict within us because there's another desire at work in us for those who have made a decision to trust Christ. You have the Holy Spirit of God living in you. You're indwelt with the Spirit of God, and you have another desire, and that desire is to walk in the Spirit, right? And to allow the Spirit of God to, to move and work in our lives. And, uh, and, and so what, what Paul is going to give us is kind of the outcome of both of those two conflicts living inside of us. So depending on which side of the conflict uh, we give into determines the outcome or the fruit uh, of those desires. And so if you look at verse 19, Paul's going to give us the desires. The first one he's going to talk about are the acts of the flesh. And, And he says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Here's the list. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Okay, so this is not an exhaustive list. Uh, This is a good starting point of some of the the junk that's in our life as a result of our flesh. Uh, And then, He says this, he says, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the what? The flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25, since we live by the what? By the Spirit, let us keep in what? Step with the what? The Spirit, right. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So I want to describe with Bobby, this is your moment, Bobby, don't mess it up. Bobby is going to help us this morning. I want to I help us. Remember flannel graph days in Sunday school? Do you guys ever, yeah, some of you, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Others of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about, that musty church basement and the flannel graph. This is kind of what this is today. But Bobby 
is, um, he's a new person that's just started coming to grace, okay? And Bobby, um, Bobby doesn't know Jesus yet. Hopefully one day he will. Hopefully one day he'll recognize the gift of salvation that Jesus extended for all of us and especially for Bobby, and he will say yes to Jesus. But Bobby's not quite there yet. And so a couple things that we notice in Bobby is he has this, this flesh, right? And, and that's the presence of sin in, in his life. And so Bobby only has one desire. He doesn't know Jesus yet. His one desire is to gratify these desires of the flesh in him. They're very selfish desires, um, and, and they rule his life because he doesn't know Jesus yet. And so that's, that's where Bobby's at. As a result of that, as a result of the flesh kind of living out and Bobby living out those desires of his flesh because of the sin in his life, because there's not been proper atonement made for the sin in his life through Jesus, uh, we know that he is what? He is a, he is a slave, right? He, he has the power of sin is ruling his life. In other words, he can do nothing else than to sin. Before Christ, he can do nothing else but, but, but to sin because the power of sin uh, it causes him to be a slave in his life. And we know that the wages of sin is what? It's, it's death, right? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And this is the punishment that Bobby needs to face and every single one of us need to face because of our sin. We were born into sin. Our world is fallen. We're in need of a Savior. We're in need of, of somebody outside ourself, somebody better than us that, that can get the job done, uh, that can pay for the penalty of our sin, and that, that's only found in one person. It's Jesus. And, and so this is where Bobby is is headed. And this just shows up in all kinds of areas of his life, that list, that first list that, 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 we, that we read. Um, you know, may, maybe not all of them all the time, but, but that's the root in, in his life. And that's where these desires. Now, thankfully, Bobby heard the gospel preached at grace. And there was a, a moment where a light bulb went off in his head. And he realized his need. He realized that his life was bankrupt. He realized that he was headed to hell uh, without a solution for his sin. He, he didn't want to be uh, empowered and a slave to the sin in his life anymore. He wanted purpose. He wanted freedom. He wanted life. And uh, there's only one way to get that. And so Bobby realized that. There was a point in time in your life, hopefully, in my life where that light bulb went off in our mind and we surrendered our will and our heart and our life to Jesus and he saved us. And uh, man, that never gets old. Never, never allow that to just become old and, 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 and boring in your life. What took place is amazing and I want to unpack that because at the moment when Bobby surrendered his life to Jesus, at the moment where he said yes to Jesus, something powerful, remarkable, incredible took place in his life. And that is, he was indwelt with, say it, 
the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwelled Bobby. We know at the point of salvation or the point of regeneration in a person's life, that happens instantly, that we are promised the Holy Spirit of God that, that dwells in us. And the Holy Spirit serves all kinds of roles in our lives. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, okay? And so when we give in to, to, to the flesh, uh, because we all do, we're going to learn here in a minute, uh, um, you know, the Spirit convicts us of that. Uh, the, the Spirit reminds us, hey, no, 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 there's a better way. There's a better way. Rather than gratifying the desires of the flesh, we need to walk in the Spirit. The Spirit illuminates God's Word, and so when we open up God's Word, the Holy Spirit illuminates the meaning to our lives. It gives life to, to these, ver these words on, on a page, and, 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 and it moves and changes and cuts us to the core. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit uh, prays for us. When you can't even pray, you don't even know how to pray, things are so bad in your life, you don't know where to turn. Scripture says the Holy Spirit prays with groans to the Father, right? And, and so that's the Holy Spirit. That's the, the role. And there's fruit in our lives. And, and what Paul is saying is that when we give into the flesh, that there's a list of fruit that follows. When we give in to the Spirit and we walk in step with the Spirit, there's a list of fruit that, that follows. So not only do we gain the Holy Spirit in our lives, but we gain a brand new identity. We are now called children of God, and we're given a brand new identity to live out of. No longer is our identity based on what the flesh desires for our life. It's based upon who God says I am, okay? Now my identity isn't rooted at how well I climb the company ladder, how much stuff I've, I, I've managed to, to accumulate in my backyard or my basement or my garage. None of that stuff matters anymore. It's not what drives me anymore because now my identity is in Christ and, and I'm able to live out of that identity. I have purpose. Say I have purpose. I have purpose. You now have a purpose. You now have a mission. And, and no longer is this the end of our lives, death. Now instead of death, we have, say it with me, we have life. We have relationship with God. That's now Bobby. That's now Bobby. Now, here are a couple things to point out about Bobby. What Jesus did on the cross and, and, and Bobby receiving that free gift. Here, here's what happened. This is taken away. Death is now taken away because now it's been replaced by, by life. So, so now he has eternal life through Jesus. The other thing that's dealt with because of Jesus, is he's no longer a slave to sin. So doesn't mean Bobby's not going to sin, but what it means is that he is not under the power of sin. That's been broken. The power has been broken. It's been rendered useless. He's no longer a slave to sin. Now, the flesh is still here. The flesh still remains in Bobby and still remains in you and in I. And you might say, well, why doesn't Jesus just take care of this too? 
Uh, and, and the short answer to that is, is because we live in a fallen, sinful, messed up world. One day, this will be dealt with as well. That's called when we are glorified, right? When, when, when God has a plan for this, but right now we're living in a fallen and sinful world and the presence of, sin, of sin is still very active. And what Paul is telling us is that we have this desire raging in us. We have this desire. Right here is where the battleground for you and for I is. It's between the flesh and between the Holy Spirit and giving in and walking by the Spirit. That's why it's so, so important that every single day and sometimes multiple times through the day, we set our mind, Scripture says, set our mind not on what the flesh desires because it leads us to, it leads to death, but rather set our minds on what the Spirit desires. And when we walk in the Spirit, when we keep in step with the Spirit, when we say, okay, that thought going through my mind right now on how I want to respond to that jerk at work or that jerk that just cut me off or that jerk that I call my son or my daughter, I'm just kidding, uh, that, that I have a choice to make in those moments, right? When, when that person of the opposite sex walks, walks by and you have a choice. Am I going to take a second look? Am I going to allow my mind to wander? What you're doing in that moment is you're fighting this battle right here. This battle right here. And in that moment, you have a choice. Am I going to set my mind on what the flesh desires or am I going to set my mind on what the Spirit desires? couple things that I want to encourage you with today. I meet with a lot of Christians at times. You come in and they talk to me and they sit down and, they, and they're struggling because they, there's a battle raging right here in their flesh. And, you know, Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 7. I call it the doo-doo passage because he says, I do the things I don't want to do. I don't do the things I want to do. And he finds himself in deep doo-doo, right? It's a doo-doo passage, right? And, and so, but, but sometimes people will come in and they'll meet with me and they'll say, Pastor Mike, I'm, I don't even know that I'm saved. I don't even know that I'm saved and I'm questioning my salvation. I have doubts of my salvation because, man, this, this, this flesh is so strong in my life. And, and, I, and I'll, I'll say to them, well, are you, does that bother you? Does it bother you that, that you know, you, there are times when you give in to the flesh? Yeah, I hate it. And I say, okay, that's what shows me that the Holy Spirit is in you, okay? So let me encourage you today, just because there are moments in your life when you give in to the flesh, it does not mean that you're not a Christian. Uh, it, it, it means that you're setting your mind on what the flesh desires. Okay? Now, um, God definitely gives us the power to deal with habitual sin. So I'm not giving you permission to, to just continue to sin and, 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 and make this, this license out of grace to sin. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I am saying is that there are moments in our lives when, 
we give in to this flesh. We don't want to. I hate it about me, but it happens at times. And in those moments, we need to be quick to identify it, and the Holy Spirit helps us with that, with conviction, and we confess that as sin. We call it what it is. We call it, I just sinned against you, God, and we repent of that. We turn in the other direction, and what we're doing is we're setting our minds on, on what the Spirit desires. A couple things as we uh, move forward on this series of the fruit of the Spirit um, that I want to give you some, some, some things uh, that are really important to point out. A couple things about the fruit of the Spirit. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's not called the fruit of Stan or Frida or the fruit of Richard or the fruit of Mike. It's not, the fruit doesn't come from, from us. The fruit comes from who? comes from the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not based on my effort. It's not based on my will. Um, the command, by the way, is to live by the Spirit. The result is the fruit of the Spirit. That's a really important distinction to make for us this morning. The command is to live by the Spirit. So as we walk through this, this fruit of the, different fruit of the Spirit uh, over the next uh, b- bunch of weeks over the summer, um, know that, you know, we're not going to teach you, you know, you got to do this and do and do and do and, and will this to happen. And if you were just more loving and if you were just more kind and if you were just more gentle, uh, you know, what we're going to teach you is that we need to walk by the Spirit. Because when we walk by the Spirit, when we set our mind on what the Spirit desires, guess what shows up in our lives? Fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. So that's the first thing to understand. Paul isn't giving us nine steps to your best Christian life. Okay? Uh, he's giving us attributes that show up in our lives when we keep in step with the Spirit. Okay? Second thing I, I want you to know as we, as we, we move through this series is it's the fruit fruit of the Spirit, not fruits of the Spirit, okay? That's a, a, a little distinction, but it's really, really, really important, meaning it's a unified package of attributes that the Spirit produces in the life of the believer. So we can't just pick the attributes that kind of we like. You know, I'm, I'm going to pick the attribute of faithfulness in my life, but, but gentleness, no, because that's not my personality, right? We, we can't we, we can't do that. We don't, we don't have the ability to do that. So it's called fruit of the Spirit, meaning that when we yield to the Spirit, we set our mind on what the Spirit desires, all of a sudden these attributes begin popping up in our lives in different ways, okay? Really important to understand that. The other distinction I want to make is we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We're not talking about gifts of the Spirit. There's two different things, okay? We know from Scripture that when uh, we are indwelled with the Holy Spirit, we also are given, every believer is given at least one spiritual gift, okay? Uh, One spiritual gift meant to build up the body of Christ. And uh, so when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, it's a different thing to talk about the gift of the Spirit, okay? You can find a list of the, the gifts of the Spirit and in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, they talk about these different gifts. And it's really important to discover those and, and to know uh, the gift that God has given you in order to build up 
the church uh, as a whole and specifically Grace Community Church where God has planted you. It's important that we exercise the gifts that the Holy Spirit has, has given to us. So the battle is always going to be right here. Every single day, I don't care if you're a believer for, for one minute or if you're a believer for one year or if you're a believer for 50 years, uh, you are never going to get to the place in your Christian journey, this side of the posies, okay, that you, you will say that, oh, I don't struggle with this. Every single day. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is why every single day it's so important that we set our mind on what the Spirit desires. Well, so love is the first fruit that is mentioned in the list of nine attributes um, here in Galatians chapter 5. It's the one that binds all of the other fruit together. So in other words, when we love, we are joyful, right? When we love, we have peace. When we love, we are patient. When we love, we are kind. And, and on and on and on it goes. It's, it's the, the most important. It's the one that, that, that binds all the other ones together. And love that the Spirit produces in us, it's important to know that it flows from the very character of God. We know um, in Scripture, in 1 John, that God is what? God is love. God is love. Now, love is sometimes hard to describe. If we took a microphone and a camera down on the streets of Goshen and we, we ask people walking down the street and put a microphone in front of them, we said, hey, define love. Like, what is love? You would get all kinds of, of different responses. And part of the problem is, in English, uh, we only have one word for love. It's the same word, love, that I say, I love Richard is the same word that I love water, or I love pizza, or I love Naomi, or, you know, and it's the same word. And so what we have to do when somebody says, I love something or someone, in our mind, we have to kind of translate what they mean, right? You have to translate that. You have to say, oh, okay, they're talking about pizza. Obviously, you know, it's not, um, you know, a brotherly love, for example. I don't have brotherly love towards pizza. That would be kind of cool. But I, I, I don't have, you know, um, I don't have an erotic love towards pizza. Um, I hope not. That would be awkward and very weird, right? Um, and, and so in the Greek, there are different words for love. And so we know exactly when in Scripture when someone is talking about this type of love or this type of love. We don't have to do that translation because it's already done for us in the word that is used in the text. And so the word love in, uh, in this context that we're talking about today is the word agape. It's a Greek word, agape. And I want to give you my definition of this Greek word love. And it means this. It means to serve people generously and with pure motives not for what they can do for you, but for who they are. In other words, their intrinsic value, image bearers of God, okay? But for who they are without expecting anything in return, okay? That's my definition of agape love. That's the kind of love that flows from the Spirit. That is a fruit of the Spirit that begins to show up in Bobby's life. That's a fruit of the Spirit that begins to show up in your life 
in my life when we're setting our minds on what the Spirit desires, okay? Now, the only type of person, the only person that can love in that way is somebody who has the Holy Spirit living in them, okay? A person that does not know Jesus might have glimpses showing up in in their life here and there, but it's impossible to agape love apart from the Holy Spirit of God in us, giving us the power to do that, okay? So the world has a very different definition of love because everything that God defines in His Word, the world counterfeits. The enemy counterfeits. Satan counterfeits it, okay? And so you have to understand. Now, counterfeit love, uh, Chuck is here today. He would probably tell me the Greek word for counterfeit love is garbage, okay? Because he's told me that, right, Chuck? Um, But here's what counterfeit love is. Here's what counterfeit love means. Now, I want you to remember the other definition of agape love, and I want you to kind of compare the two. Counterfeit love means to serve people selectively and with loaded motives based upon what they can do for you with an expectation of receiving something in return, okay? That's counterfeit love. That's not agape love. That's not a love that flows from setting our mind on what the Spirit desires, Now, there's some good things to that. We can find some glimpses of kindness in that, right? Because you could choose to not love them at all. Uh, You could could choose to to not even serve them at all. Um, And you are, you know, maybe you're serving people selectively and with a little bit of a loaded motive, but at least you're serving people, right? You could say that. Now, now here's here's what I want to point out to you. Um, people do this all the time. This is normal in, in, our, in our world and in our culture and in our society. This is the expected way to love someone, right? What's not expected and what Jesus has done for us is love us in such an extravagant way that it's mind-blowing. That's this uncommon sort of love that is so attractive. And when somebody is loved in that way, they might think you have some motives initially. They may be looking because they're in the, remember in their mind, they're waiting. They're waiting for the loaded motives, right? They're waiting. What's the hook? What's the hook? Where's where he going to get me? Oh, there it is. You know, he's looking for that. They're looking for that. But man, when they are loved in this way, the way God loved us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we are loved in that way, when we love people in that way, that's the love that changes the world. That's the love that makes a difference. That's the love that uh, God is calling us to live out of, right? And so what I want to do is I want to I look at a couple of verses in Scripture. Turn to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to call this the love chapter. Now, I know for some of you, you think that if I were to say turn to the love chapter, you'd probably pick 1 Corinthians chapter 13 because that's kind of been dubbed as the love chapter. But I've got to be honest. I think this 
is the love chapter. 1 John chapter 4, this word agape love, this word agape love is used 27 different times in just this one chapter. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, let's read this, and, and as I read it, follow along, and, and, uh, and let's learn a little bit more about this love, this agape love that comes when we, we keep in step and walk in the Spirit. 1 John chapter 4, it says, dear friends, let us, what's the word? Love one another, for comes from God. Everyone who has been born of God and knows God, whoever does not does not know God because God is. This is how God showed His among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is not that we God, but that He and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So the standard of love was set by, by God when He sent His Son, Jesus. And He loved us first. And, and now as a result of that, our union with God, our union with God gives us the ability to love one another. If we don't know God, it's impossible to love like God. It's impossible. There might be tiny glimpses, as I mentioned, but here's what those tiny glimpses are. It's what I call common grace. Common grace. Common grace isn't the same as saving grace. Common grace won't save you, okay? Common grace doesn't take care of the sin problem in our lives. It doesn't take care of the punishment of our sin. Common grace is simply a grace bestowed on us by a gracious God just to hold the world together somewhat, okay? Because if sin had its full opportunity, we would be destroyed. We would, we would, we would destroy each other. And we see that happening as well, but we also see glimpses, don't we? We see glimpses of, of maybe some kindness here and there. I believe that's, that's, that's because we're all created in the image of God and God and His kindness to us uh, because He's giving us an opportunity to, to say yes and to surrender to Him and surrender to Jesus and the Lordship of our lives, He gives us all a measure of common grace. And so I think when we see that played out in our world from people who aren't believers, what we're not seeing is agape love. We're seeing common grace. And, and the question I wonder is, is that the kind of love that you are showing to your neighbor? Kind of a love not, not born out of the Holy Spirit, not agape love, but this common grace kind of love. See, that's a, that's a normal kind of love. That's not extraordinary. Anybody can do that. A believer can do that. But you have the ability to love people out of the overflow of the Holy Spirit living in you. That's the kind of love that we're commanded to give. I want to illustrate that, uh, the fact that we can love because of our union with, with God. See, truth of the matter is, uh, if, if this is my life, this hose represents my life, uh, there's no love that's able to, be, to, to flow through this hose at all uh, apart from me being connected and in union with God. And so because I am in union with God, His 
power, his love flows through my life. And I have the ability to, oh man, I wish this was, (laughs) I wish, but it's not. Okay, so I have the ability to allow the flow of God's love. Again, love doesn't come from Mike. It comes from being connected and being in union with Jesus. Now, here's what happens in our life, and, 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 and you've experienced this, and I experience this, and every day you go out to water your garden, right? And, and you walk a mile to your, where your garden is, and you, and you go like this, and nothing comes out, okay? And the water's even turned on, right? What's, what's blocking it? What's blocking it, right? The hose is, it's kinked. It's kinked, and, or, or maybe there's a kid, one of your kids that goes in the back and kind of does one of these things. That happens at times too. But that's what sin does in our lives. That's what living out of what the flesh desires in our life does. It, it, it kinks the flow of God's love in our, in our life. So every single day, we have to set our mind on, on what the Spirit desires. We have, to, we have to say, okay, I'm connected to the source. See, I don't ever unplug this. I'm always connected to the, the love of God flows through my life. It's, it's the potential for me to show agape love and the other exercise, the other fruit of the Spirit is there. It, it, it's there. The, the problem is, am I walking by the Spirit? And, and, and so there's a process every single day. It's called confession of our sin. It's, it's called repentance and where, where we go before God and, and, and we read his word and, and we allow it to, to read us as well. And, and we say, oh, that's an area in my life where I've not surrendered to what God wants for me. And God, I, I yield to your spirit in my life. And, and, and we unkink that part of the hose, right? And, and this area of life, I, God, I, I recognize this pattern in my mind. You know, I allow these thoughts that are not from you. Um, thoughts that tell me, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to measure up. I'm, I, I'm never going to amount to anything in Christ because, because of my past or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I can't forgive myself of that. And, and, and as I'm walking by the Spirit, as I'm setting my mind on what, what the flesh or what the Spirit desires, God begins to unkink the hoses of our, of our lives and, and the power of God begins to flow through me. Now, I still have to activate his love as well. I have to activate. I'm the conduit. God, God, uh, the conduit. God is the source. I have to activate. I got to make a choice every single day. Like I pass somebody. I, I, I have an opportunity to show somebody God's love and I have to squeeze the trigger. I have to activate that in my life. But that, that's what, what God desires from us. And so our union comes, our union with God gives us the ability to love one another. Verse 11, let's look at verse 11 of 1 John chapter 4. It says, dear friends, since God so us, we also ought to one another. So there's a very clear expectation for us as believers that since God loved us, we ought to love one another. And we love God by loving others. So it's not paying His love back. 
It's paying his love forward. Does that make sense? It's not paying God back for lavishing his love on you. You can never repay God. You can never repay God for, for, the, for the, the, the kind of love that he's lavished on you. However, you can pay that love that flows through you through being connected with the Spirit. You can, you can, you can forward that on to, to other people. Verse 12, let's continue. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And so the way we love one another, the way we show love to one another, the way we show agape love to people uh, that we encounter, that, 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 that love that, that doesn't expect anything in return, that comes from that place of pure motives, the, the way we, we love one another in that way is evidence to a, a non-believing world that, that God is who he says he is because it's not a normal love. See, the Apostle John who wrote this is, is one of the few people who can actually, he can actually say, I got to see and hear and touch the incarnate God-man, Jesus, right? After Jesus' death, we don't directly encounter Jesus like that in a physical way. We have his word, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. So because of that, the only evidence of God's character as love on earth is the Christ-like love of believers, of, of you and I. God placed his plan on us to, to be able to, to, to be his conduit of love to a, to a world that, that needs evidence of God's love. And when we do that, when we make our life just about this, like all day long, all day long, we're out, you know, just, just allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us in the form of love. And when we do that, that's what makes a difference in the hearts of people. It's God's kindness that leads to repentance. And, and people need to see that in, in you and me. And, and when we... we Set our mind on what the flesh desires. We lose out on those opportunities, okay? I don't want to be passed up. Like, I don't want God to say, okay, Mike doesn't have his mind set on me, so I'm going to give that opportunity to Richard. I'm picking on Richard a lot today. But like, Richard, I love you, and I want God and the Holy Spirit to work in you, but, but like, not because, I'm, not because I'm not connected with the Holy Spirit, like, I, I want all that God wants to do in me and through me. Don't you? Don't you want that? Don't you want that for you? Don't you want those opportunities? Ah, man, I sure, I sure do. And John says here that, that God's love is made complete in us when we love like that, when we love others that way, without motive, that pure motive. We're just not expecting anything in return. When we do, when we love that way, his love is made complete in us. That means that it reaches God's intended goal for us. How cool is that? That God has a goal, he has a plan, he has a purpose for our lives. And his purpose and his goal for us is that we would, we would sprinkle love ever, everywhere, generously to whoever, to whoever we, and when we do that, God's saying yes, my love is now made complete. 
My love is now made complete. That's the challenge for us. That's the kind of love that attracts people to the gospel. That's the kind of love that, that when people are encountered by that, they say, I want that. Okay? I have a question for you, just to think about in your heart. And the question is this. If you were arrested for love today, okay, police pulled you over, put you up against the hood, put handcuffs on you, said you are arrested for love. And it went through the court system, and they began evaluating your life. And they've been evaluating the type of love that you're giving to people. Would they find in that evaluation that it's a counterfeit love, not out of pure motive, kind of expecting somebody to scratch my back after I scratch their back? Or would they find that, man, that's, that's agape love? Would there be enough evidence to convict you of agape love? That's a question I think that, that we should allow to penetrate our hearts this morning to allow God to, to kind of uh, have his way and search our hearts. And if the answer is no, it begs the question, why? Begs the question, why? And, and perhaps it's because you're not setting your mind on what the Spirit desires, but you're setting your mind on what the flesh desires. Um, perhaps it's because you don't have the source of love in your life. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never took care of the punishment of your sin, and you're still living as Bobby was. You're living as a slave to sin, and, and, and you're, as a result, you're living under the punishment of sin, and, and this is the result of that. And the good news is today you can make that right. Today you can make that choice. You can say, okay, I connect the dots. I need I need a way to take care of the power of sin in my life and the punishment for sin. And I encourage you, man, before you leave today, don't walk. Run up here <laughs> at the front. We have elders. Benny's here. Other elders are here. They would love to lead you uh, through that process of surrendering your life to the Lord and, and, and taking care of that. But, but maybe there's some kinks in your hose. Maybe you would say, you know, I wouldn't be convicted of the love in my life because there's some kinks going on in my life. My, my life... It is, I've, I've been, been, been giving over to the desires, gratifying the desires of my flesh for way too long. There's some habitual sin that I need to deal with in my life, okay? And, and for some of you, you need to confess that. You need to repent of that. And, and uh, you need to re- confess that to, to another person. Like, you know, go to a trusted uh, friend and, and say, man, I, I just, I've been have these patterns in my life. I need to confess them to you. Would you pray for me and, 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 and confess those to, to the Lord? Are there thoughts that you need to take captive daily to make them obedient to Christ? This is, starts right here, guys. It starts right here, setting our mind. We have a choice every single day. And man, I got to wake up every day. I got to pray on the armor of God. I got I to gotta set my mind. I tell God. I, I have a conversation with God. God, please, 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 through your spirit, I want to set my mind on what you desire. Would you have your way in my life today? Would you set my agenda for me today? Will you help me to love like Jesus loved me? Would you help me to do that? Uh, what does what your daily time with the Lord look like? Do you have a consistent daily 
consistent time in God's Word where, where you're, you're, you're getting your face in these words in this book and, and, and you're allowing God to, to, uh, to change you through His Spirit, allowing the Scripture to be illuminated to your life. Do you daily go to God in prayer, surrendering to His will? Jesus surrendered to the will of His Father. He said, God, not my will. In prayer, if Jesus needs to do that, guess what you need to do? Guess what I need to do? Every single day, it starts there. We need to remember that our identity is rooted in Christ. We are children. I'm a son of of God. You are a son or a daughter uh, of God. And we need to constantly remind ourselves of that and live out of that and make a decision to set our minds on what the Spirit desires every single day. Would you pray with me? God, we need You. We can't do this on our own. Lord, I'm grateful that You've made a way for us to stay connected to Your Spirit. God, and I'm grateful that You chose to indwell our lives with Your Spirit. And Lord, we surrender to You and we say, God, we, we want to set our minds daily, multiple times throughout the day on what, on what the Spirit desires. Lord, help us to kill the flesh in our lives, to put to death the flesh in our lives. I pray for those who are struggling with habitual patterns in their lives, Lord. Lord, they don't have to live under that slavery anymore, Lord. Give them freedom through your Spirit. God, help us to love out of the abundance of the source that is you, God. We, 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 we unkink our hoses in our lives and, and God, we say, here we are, use us. Help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear and, and courage to, to walk through doors that, that you open for us, Lord. We love you. We want to live for you. God, we're so grateful that we belong to you, that we are yours and you are ours. Lord, as we sing about that identity right now, God, I pray that you would uh, just encourage our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.